You're tuned to KBOO Portland. It's 10 a.m. And as always, at 10 a.m. on a Friday, we're going to split up the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to bring you Valley Views, Dale Holiday, and our siblings in struggle in regional solidarity from KPFA in Berkeley, California, have shared with us flashpoints with their own Dennis Bernstein. That's how we're going to spend the 10 o'clock hour. And I told you earlier about a Radio Geekly coming on at 11. I remind you, it's, uh, this, this month's program investigates video games' effect, both positive and negative, on other forms of media. That's all coming up because your friends and neighbors got involved. I'm going to tell you a little bit about one of them. Down in Corvallis. Because, as always on a Friday morning, around 10 a.m., it is my honor, privilege, and contractual obligation to remind you that support for KBOO programming comes from Darkside Cinema in Corvallis, open every night featuring independent, foreign, and art house films. The Dark Side is located at 215 Southwest 4th Street between Madison and Jefferson. More information and showtimes available online at darksidecinema.com. What do you say, cats and kitties? Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, I'm Dale Holiday coming to you from Corvallis, Oregon in the bountiful Willamette Valley. Welcome to my show, Valley Views, a forum for sharing relevant topics relating to people and issues in the Willamette region. Hi folks. During the next several episodes of Valley Views, I'll interview my husband, Max Mania. He recently ran as an unaffiliated candidate for Benton County Commissioner and unfortunately lost. I operated as his campaign manager. Since The Fool got into the White House, there's been a push for more grassroots political action. Local political action can encompass various levels of involvement writing letters, donating money to causes, organizing and or attending rallies. But few actually put their bodies, reputation, and lives on the line by running for office. It's not easy. In fact, it's downright brutal, especially if you are not a party machine candidate. Max and I have been through this scenario three times now twice in Washington State, and once here in Corvallis. Years ago, I ran unsuccessfully for county commissioner in Clallam County, Washington, as a Democrat, as a Democrat. No false modesty, but I was a highly qualified candidate. However, the local Democratic Party teamed with the local conservative good old boys and played every dirty trick in the book to keep me out and to keep the white male do-nothing incumbent in. The incumbent who had been a Republican and who was at that time officially an independent. 
But two years prior to my run, Max was successful in his bid for Port Angeles City Council in that same location. He squeaked in, running as a progressive environmentalist, and won by 42 votes out of thousands cast, taking the good old boys in that former logging town by surprise. During his time on the council, he displayed the kind of leadership that people talk about wanting in their elected officials. It was a nonpartisan position, but he worked across the aisle, if you will. He spoke for the citizens, embraced and modeled transparency and fiscal responsibility, and was the lone elected official speaking up in opposition to the foreign multinational that owned the last mill in town, a corporation that, for all intents and purposes, ran the city of Port Angeles. Max decided to offer his leadership and experience to Benton County in what we both thought could be a positive, game-changing event, challenging business as usual here. I say game-changing because the exclusively Democratic leadership on the county commission here during the past 20 years has led to Benton County having the worst income inequality in Oregon, as well as being one of the 10 worst counties nationally in income inequality. Historically, the three Democrats here on the commission have governed very much like Republicans. During these next weeks, I'll dedicate Valley Views to an interview with Max about the pitfalls of running for local office, especially running a grassroots campaign. We won't sugarcoat anything. This topic should be of interest to listeners and educational for those who may be thinking of running for office. So with that, I'd like to welcome Max Mania. Heather, I just wanted to provide a little more context to start, uh, both about myself and, mm -hmm. and in, in terms of what you just said, Dale. Sounds one, good. One thing is, of course, you ran uh, in a rural county as a black woman. I ran in a rural county both times as a white male, since this is a TV. Mm -hmm. Make it clear, I'm, I am a white guy. Um, and the other thing I want to make clear is that despite having run for office several times, I'm not one of these always seeking to run for office types. I've worked mostly in the private sector. Yes. My career has been in communications. Uh, mainly I've worked at HP here for the last four years, but I do have a deep interest in politics. So mm -hmm. that's why I've put myself out there, just for context, because there are a lot of people who try and hop from office to office. Right. Not me. Absolutely. I want to be a citizen legislator when I'm in there. So, you know, let's start at the beginning in terms of your run here in Benton County. You ran as an unaffiliated candidate. What right. does that mean and why did you do that uh, that just means there is no party behind you so that not a major party not in a minor party you are running as a, a, a solo act if you will you are putting yourself out there this is who I am what I stand for mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're not bringing any baggage now you're also not bringing any structure that can help you so it, there's there's pluses and minuses but I, I don't feel like I fit easily into any political pigeonhole, so I, I, there is no political party I can say. I wholeheartedly endorse their uh, their agenda, their platform, mm -hmm. so I have to run 
as an independent because as a true independent, not the independence party, right. but a true independent because that's who I am. Being a politician should be about being who you are, about being honest, and that's that's why. Right, and un unencumbered, unbeholden to right. party right. politics. Especially okay. if you're a major party candidate, then there are lots and lots of strings, and you can't cut them. Mm -hmm. they, they pretend they can cut them, or they'll be an independent voice within that, that system. It's It doesn't work. No, I've never seen it work. So will you take us through some of the steps involved? I mean, people who haven't run for office, especially running unaffiliated, they just think, oh, you just throw your hat in. Right. But there's a lot that goes behind throwing your hat in. Right. So if you are, uh, let's talk, we've got an election that you've got usually a primary and then the general election. And the major party candidates will be in the primary to weed out whoever is going to run in the general. If you're a major party candidate, you at least here in Benton County, you pay fifty dollars and you're you're legit. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. Right. And when you say major party ca candidate. This last time around, mm -hmm. it was the independent party, the Democrats, and the Republicans. Traditionally, right. it is just the Democrats and the Republicans. Right. So you pay your 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. You pay $50 and you're good to go. You fill out the couple forms and you're good to go. If you're a minor party candidate, it's different because then you have to have a quote unquote convention after the primary. You have to, after the primary, you cannot be in the primary. And so then your, your minor party has to nominate you as an independent since there is no party to nominate you, what you had to do here was collect signatures to get on the ballot. So we had to go out and collect hundreds and hundreds of signatures. It's 0.5% of the number of people who voted mm -hmm. in the last general election. Right. So we had to collect around 500 signatures just to get on the ballot. Now, at the same time, because you're not an official candidate yet, you're forbidden to quote-unquote campaign but the system forces you to go out and talk to people about your political aspirations, which sound a lot like mm -hmm. campaigning. So this is something where there's a lot of gray area. But anyway, it's also a great way to, to get out and meet people and hear what people are concerned Absolutely. about. So we went out and got the 500 signatures and went forward. But again, it, it was a weird situation to be in where I was the first person to file yes. for this way back in uh, November of last November. year. November, yes. Uh, now to file to run for to file to commissioner, run. yes. And so then that's that's when the signature gathering began. But because you're not an official candidate yet, you know, like I said, you're not in the primary. Uh -huh. The press here did not treat me as a candidate that I would be mentioned in passing. But when they would have these dirt digging articles about candidates, suddenly I was a real candidate and my past was something that could be looked into. So again, uh -huh. pluses and minuses. So when you say the press here, you mean the Gazette Times. The Gazette Times, that's about it. Here in town, we don't have a TV station. There's not, you know, there's a weekly paper but it doesn't amount to much. Well, so those are a lot of steps, and it takes, it took from, say, November through, um, you, you gather the signatures and you cannot turn them in right. until... You, you cannot turn them in until uh, two weeks after the primary. Mm -hmm. You finished them months before. You can't even turn them in to right. be verified. And then it takes uh, a while for them to be verified. Once they are, then you are officially sanctioned to be a quote-unquote real candidate and go forth and campaign and raise money and and mm -hmm. do all the things that you're supposed to do as a candidate. Now, again, this is structurally something that gives the, the major parties a huge advantage. Absolutely. Because they can be out there, they're out there during the primary having debates, getting their name out there, they can advertise, campaign, mm -hmm. be very public. Fundraise. Sure, mm -hmm. absolutely, all that. Uh, but as, a, as an independent, you are forbidden. Like I say, you can't even turn your signatures in for verification until two weeks after the primary. Yes. Not even the 
day after the primary, you have to wait two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then there's however long it takes them to verify those signatures and yes. get back to you. So when you think about it in terms of building public awareness and public trust and all that, that's a huge advantage for the major political parties. That's not necessarily fair. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's the, you know, they're the ones that run the system. So, of course, the system is, is engineered to support their mm -hmm. needs. And I just want to talk a little bit just briefly about the petition signing part of this because, you know, we've all seen people with clipboards and sure. petitions and everything, but there was a, I mean, you needed to gather, it was almost 500 signatures. And, right. and we went over that just so you have the, the margin for error. Um, but the structure, the criteria for these signatures are very stringent. Oh, oh, oh well, if you want to get to that Yeah, bit, just a little bit. Sure. You have to have the person's name printed and their signature, and if you, you had to have them in the right spot. So if you signed where you're supposed to print or print where you're supposed to sign, that's a problem. And to have their, their address where they were registered to vote. Mm -hmm. So if you have a house or an apartment you live in, but you have a P.O. box where you get your mail and that's where you register to vote, that's the address you needed. Mm -hmm. You have to have the city and the zip code, yes. but not the state. Mm -hmm. One thing they assumed is that we all lived in Oregon, but mm -hmm. you know, and that you had to watch people very carefully because if someone made a mistake on the form, uh, because each form had the spots for 10 people to mm -hmm. sign, if someone made a mistake, did it incorrectly, the people who did it after them would almost invariably yes. do it the same way. So yes. they signed first instead of printing, mm -hmm. the people who came after them. So you had, you had to do a lot mm -hmm. of sort of shepherding of that. Yes. The date, <laughs> yes, the date had to be in two-digit increments. So, you know, 020218 or whatever it right. was. It could not be 020218 right. or 2218. Yes, that would not count. Yes. 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 Or yes. They would bounce it out. Absolutely. And I and I'm just bringing this out because we've all signed petitions and we've done it really quickly. And but for right. this to be actually count, you know, when you sign stuff for uh, measure measure this and measure that, if you don't sign it right, they may not count. They may get thrown out. Right. So you could be very proactive, be out there and gather a thousand signatures that yes. instead of 500 in this case. Mm -hmm. But if you weren't being really careful and watching, mm -hmm. you still might not make it through on the first go around. Yes. If they bounced out 600 of them, well, you still had to go out and collect more. Absolutely. So this is a... And this is not through ill intent on anyone's part. Right. Just, it's like so strange. It's like the law. the system in. Yes. I just wanted to bring that up because this is hard work and very labor intensive. Oh, yeah. We spent a lot of time doing this. One of the things that uh, I'd like to talk about in these you know, today and in the, the next shows are the logistics of the actual running, forming the team, getting people together, and getting the support you need to run as, well, really as any candidate, but especially as an unaffiliated candidate where you don't have a machine mechanism behind you to do a lot of this legwork. Right, and there's a lot of components of that. I, as you know, I planned this uh, for a long time, did a lot of research ahead of time, and laid out a schedule, and that's why I was the first to file, because I'd already been thinking about it for a half a year, yes. and I knew I would need that amount of time to do it right, mm -hmm. uh, especially as an independent candidate. You would need time to do it right, no matter who you are, but as someone who does not have that party apparatus, that, that built-in advantage, you have to take that time, mm -hmm. and you have to have a plan, and I, I certainly did. That doesn't 
guarantee success, but without it, you can yes. be assured you're not going to make it. Absolutely. And just as to, to reiterate, we, you know, in full disclosure, we, you already know that Max and I are married, but I also served as his campaign manager. And so I, I know whereof I speak um, with all the, um, the, the hard work that went into this, the logistics involved and the, and the criteria we had to meet. So, you know, with that, I know we, uh, we're kind of running up against the end of our time here, but as I promised, um, I will bring Max back again next week and we'll talk a little bit more about what it looks like to run a grassroots campaign, especially as an unaffiliated candidate. So um, I look forward to having you back again next week, Max. Thanks for having me and we'll see you all next week, folks. Uh, okay. Take care.